Hey guys, this is your warning. We do post up spoilers at times we're relatively offensive. We use vulgar language. So if you think that any of those are gonna offend you in any way, shape, or form, take your step back right now. Cause buddy, uh, this is not the place for you. Any whom, have fun listening to us. And yeah, this has been your final warning. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Cinematic Anarchy. And today we're going to go ahead and have a little bit of reboot for our podcast. Uh, we are doing an episode basically uh, surrounding our favorite Scream Queens today. And because we're trying to reboot the podcast a little bit, we wanted to go ahead and invite a guest on from one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, this is uh, Sarah from Two Chicks Talking Flicks. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us about your podcast and where people can find you, Sarah. All right. Hey, everybody. Um, we are on all the streaming platforms. So you can find us on Apple, Spotify. Um, we basically watch a movie and then we review the movie and um, we don't take ourselves very seriously. We get a lot of information wrong, but we have a lot of fun. Um, so look forward to uh, having people come listen to us if you want. <laughs> and uh, well, we don't oh, yeah. take ourselves seriously here either, so you'll fit right in with us today. Uh, Yay! And of, of course, my my co-conspirator Miss B, uh, she is joining Yo. us today and pretty much every day. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I am the only consistent denominator besides Chris. <laughs> besides me. Well, I mean, you know, if if I wasn't here, you'd have to come over and you steal the equipment. It, so. You'd have to come steal I mean, my equipment. Yeah, true. <laughs> so uh, basically, how this would is going to work? Recording is... for TikTok a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, probably. Can you hook <laughs> this, can you hook this equipment up to do TikTok? Probably. Yeah, <laughs> I figured it would make things a little more clunky. TikTokers got all kinds of fancy fucking equipment to make their shit look good. I am TikTok naive. I have no experience in the realm of TikTok. So if you go and you, I just I, make. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say <laughs> I just go to Canva and then I use this other software, and I just post that onto TikTok. I do it very cheaply and easily. Word. Uh, if you go and check out my profile on TikTok, it is literally blank. I watch them, but I do not create them. So, mm. <laughs> I I am definitely dropping the ball on that particular outlet for, for advertisements, so to speak. So Yeah, I don't, I don't do a whole lot of editing on my TikToks. I just... I record and then I post. <laughs> so how this is going to work is we're going to go ahead, we're going to start with Miss B, move on to Sarah, and then myself, and we're just going to go ahead and bring up the uh, people that we have chosen as our own personal top four for Scream Queens. Uh, and you can give whatever reasoning you feel like for it. It could just be, hey, you know, I fucking like them. We're done. <laughs> whatever you like. Uh and, uh, well, you know what? Without further ado, why don't we go ahead and kick it off with you, Miss B. All right, shut the fuck up. So, Thank fucking, you, I will. hands down, best, best, best fucking scream, fucking scream queen, whatever the bull fuck bullshit, Samara Weaving. I missed that she one. She has this, like, echoing, banshee fucking screech. And it's just, mm, it hits you right in the fucking soul. Okay. You wa you watched Ready or Not. I watched Ready or Not. I watched Mayhem with her in it. She was fantastic. Yep, and Guns Akimbo. What? And Guns Akimbo. Yes, Guns Akimbo. Uh, yeah, I, I would definitely, I would definitely say that she has got a, a, a set of lungs for screaming. <laughs> she does it quite frequently in her films. Uh, and it she's, like one of it the, like fucking radiates throughout the road. It's it's just fucking like wild. I don't know. She's one of the few people that I thought could accurately portray Harley Quinn outside of Margot Robbie. Yeah. Like, if right. Margot wasn't available for that role, I really think she could have stepped in with no problem because she has that manic quality. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. My, yeah, uh, my I, second... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't know who that person is. Oh, my God. God, oh. you're missing out. Definitely look her up. The uh, Ready or Not and Mayhem are two of her best movies. 
Uh, Guns Akimbo is good, but that's more for Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, uh, yeah, but she plays the badass fucking character that's hunting him. Ooh. And we're only doing one at a time, Miss B, so uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and move oh, on. Oh, I to... thought you said before we started we were going to do two, you butt. <laughs> no, just one at a time, one at a time. Okay. We're going to go ahead and move on to Miss Sarah now. All right, so mine is Emma Roberts. Emma okay. Roberts, okay, okay, good, good. Because nobody knew that she was the killer and scream right facts like that was shocking like i i think i i picked it up like maybe a second before they told us that that it was her the scream television she was on the show huh was that the scream television show no it was scream four scream four oh oh yes no that's right that's right which was like one of the best you know besides the first scream it's probably one of the best scream movies and uh she was awesome in it you, she really made you feel like she was a victim, and then she was actually the killer. But she was great on Scream Queens. Yeah. Well, she's, so she is the ultimate Scream Queen, I feel. She's played a lot of subdued roles, so I mean, I really didn't think that she had it in her to be the killer, but, well, that was a surprise. Yeah, right <laughs> after her, what was it, like Nickelodeon or Disney yeah. Channel fucking job? I never imagined her being in anything fucking, like, decent. <laughs> yeah, it was, she was great. And yeah. uh, on Screen Queens, she played the biggest bitch, but you still liked her. And, you know, she she uh, survived Screen Queens as well. So, so she kind of like has the... Uh... Appropriate. The final girl quality as well as the scream girl quality, so I believe so, yeah. Okay. Well my my top pick and I, mind you, this is from my love of bad movies, and, and Miss B knows this quite well. Uh, my yep. top pick is Linnea Quigley. Uh, Linnea Quigley is best known like, for in the uh, She's in like every fucking eighties horror movie. <laughs> she is, she is. I mean a ton of them. Uh, she's been in everything from Return of the Living Dead. She played Trash, uh, Night of the Demons. Uh, she was in uh, Sorority Babes in Slimeball Bolorama, which was just weird. Uh, she was also in a movie that we watched for the podcast, Miss B, Clownado. Uh, mm-hmm. I playing, didn't watch it. Playing the role that she played in the Sorority Babes. Yeah, I know, you didn't watch that. You were like, nah, I'm not doing that. Uh, I wasn't there for that episode. Uh that was a good thing. The fact that you didn't sit through that movie. That's one of those ones that we sat down and watched and warned people against ever looking at. Just dumb. Yeah. It was bad. Really. I'm pretty sure the next week when I came on, you guys were like, you're lucky. You're fucking lucky you didn't watch this one with us because it was awful. Oh, yeah. yeah it's no, not that the was, good awful. It was terrible. It was pure trash, unfortunately. And, of course, she was also in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Very weird role for her. She was one of the souls in Freddy's body. (laughs) Oh. Uh, But yeah, she has... I couldn't write down everything that she did because she has so many horror roles, so many guest starring roles. But I will say the funniest thing during my research that I found was she had the Linnea Quigley Scream Queen workout. She did an 80s exercise tape that was horror-based, that you can find for free (laughs) on Tubi. And it is the cheesiest, funniest, just most horrific thing that I've ever seen. And I'm not talking, like, scary I'm going to have to look that up. Like, just cheesy, bad 80s horrific. Like a fucking 45-year-old white woman trying to teach adults how to break dance? This is how you hip-hop. Oh, no. No, no. Uh, you pop, you lock, and then you drop and break your fucking knees. This is, for lack of a better way to say it, this is like, she she is a, a, a cult movie, B-movie queen, and she knew it, and the entire workout was based around how bad a job most people do acting in those movies. It was a horrible workout, <laughs> horrible cheesy interludes, it was just bad, bad. All right, moving on. Miss B, your next pick. Woo! 
Tony motherfucking Colette. I'm going to agree with you on that one. Like, wholeheartedly. Oh, oh. my God. Just her in Hereditary alone was, was well worth that nomination. It's not free on Prime anymore. I'm so upset about it. No? Nope. Not free. No, I looked it up last night. I was gonna like, I was gonna watch all the movies that I like was picking from, and Hereditary is not fucking available for free anymore. That was one of my favorite roles of hers. I still, I am still trying to get you to watch United States of Tara. I know, I know. I've got, I'm distracted. Okay, I've been doing a whole lot of Minecrafting lately. I'm sorry to hear I'm that. Watching New Girl again. <laughs> that's so far outside of, the, outside of the screen queen's territory it's not even funny okay oh, oh is this was that your signal to move on miss b what just yeah. the dead silence okay <laughs> i fucking i was looking at pretty colors on the tv sorry i fucking got distracted speaking Fred of playing, adhd Fred, <laughs> Fred playing god of war okay um okay so for my second one, I picked Ali Lauder. Um, oh, okay. right in the heart. You picked one of mine. Oh, oh. Oh, ha ha ha. Chris has backups. I do. I do. Um, you know, she was badass in uh, Final Destination 1 and 2. Oh, More yes. 2 than 1. Um, she was in Resident Evil, House on the Haunted Hill, um... She's been in so much stuff, but I love her, and I had to pick her. Oh, well, of course. I mean, that those are her major ones, though. I mean, she was like a franchise squeam. Uh, squeam? Scream queen. Squeam. <laughs> squeam queen. Yeah. Yes, my my tongue ran away with me for just a second there. Uh, and she was a, a mainstay throughout almost the entirety of the Resident Evil series. So, and I think even in later Final Destination movies, they still mentioned Clear Rivers a few times. Yeah. Uh, all right. I mean, with that kind of name, you kind of have to. Well, my uh, my number two spot is a, a big one. She wasn't in a lot of horror films, but she was a very important scream queen in the 80s. Heather Langenkamp. Nancy. Okay. From the Nightmare <clears throat> on Elm Street course. series. Her main screen queen roles were in three of those films. She was Nancy in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, 1 and 3. But then she also played herself in the Wes Craven's New Nightmare film. Yep. She also played a victim in another Wes Craven movie called Shocker. And uh, then a couple of obscure movies. She was in one of the more trashy versions of Hellraiser, Hellraiser Judgment. And uh, she was in a uh, more recent movie, uh, Truth or Dare, as well. You probably... I, okay. I, I, I've seen that. I, I'm pretty I, sure I've watched that. It wasn't memorable for me. It was like 2017. It was not a memorable movie. Otherwise, I would give you a quick rundown of what the hell she did in it. I know she was there. Yeah. However... I'm pretty sure I watched it. I didn't love it enough to commit it to memory. <laughs> that's a fucking mood. That's... Well, that's... Uh, let's see. We're, we're about 140 episodes deep into the podcast here. And how many of those films did you genuinely commit to memory? Seriously. You can't ask, you can't ask me to remember things like on the spot like this because I, I know things when I know them, but when you ask me about them, I don't know shit. We <laughs> watched some films that we genuinely hit the eject button on memory-wise. Like, we were like, uh-uh, no, we're done. I don't want to even remember this. We're going to talk yeah, about it for, yeah. for an hour, and then we're done. <laughs> uh, seeing as we have a guest on the podcast, I'm going to go ahead and just mention the one movie. One movie. No! I warned everybody against it. She's going to pull out her headphones. I warned everybody, everybody against watching this film because it was horrific. Not like... It was just, uh... Abuse of Your Sensibilities Horrific. Uh, <laughs> it's a movie done by uh, Troma Entertainment called Tromeo and Juliet. And I'm getting... <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. We're done talking about it. You can put the headphones back in. I just wanted to give her we the We brought name. this fucking movie up. Every... Like, this, this movie was the base 
for like our judgment on every other movie. It's so fucking bad. And we like we brought it up literally every single fucking episode for like a year. And there was there wasn't a single episode where we didn't fucking compare it to this piece of shit fucking film. 63 episodes. 63 of the 140 episodes we brought it up. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't want to think about the incest. I don't want to think about the fucking giant dick monster. I hate you, Christopher. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of those films that... sounds... Go ahead. I was going to say, it sounds like something me and April would watch and then also agree to never speak of it again. (laughs) The only reason I picked this movie out was because it was a early directorial film for Sean Gunn, the guy that did the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Yeah. He he worked for Troma for a few years. Him and his brother were involved in this movie, his brother playing one of the uh, the main, uh, I think, Capulet roles, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a really bad, sort of raunchy... It was it was just raunchy. bad. It was a raunchy. Not t- the word. Raunchy is not the word. It's not a strong enough raunchy word is for that. Not a strong enough word. <laughs> it, it was a really bad take on Romeo and uh, Romeo and Juliet. And uh, oh my god, <laughs> had I watched it ahead of time, I might have thought twice about first telling people on you know my little podcasting group to watch it, and secondly, having one of my, my good friends at the time sitting within a foot of me when watching this movie. <laughs> and then his kids walking into the room while they're watching these fucking, this basically fucking softcore porn. <laughs> it, it was, uh, Troma's known for their low-budget cult cinema, and they are so low budget that they know what they need to provide is shock value. So everything that they do is literally to shock your sensibilities. Um, they they go the whole thing is like super rapey. They go deep into the oh god the the toilet humor. They go deep into the vulgarity. They go deep into they, they cross the line of softcore porn a couple of times. Uh, it's. It's, it's really bad. It's really bad. And, it's uh, really bad. This entire movie was based around an incestual relationship, mind you, they did not know at the time, between Romeo and Juliet, who are apparently brother and sister. <laughs> yeah. And then they find out, and they're like, oh, well, fuck it. Yeah, they find <laughs> out that they're brother and sister. They're like, yeah, we're going to do it anyway. And I'm like, well, there we go. Uh, <laughs> that's I guess terrible. You're the one you're with, you know? Oh, yeah, they shouldn't. They definitely shouldn't. Uh, all right, so we've gone ahead and uh, breezed through the first half of our podcast fairly quickly here today. We're going to go ahead and take a very quick break, and then uh, when we come back, we'll uh, go ahead and discuss the uh, second half of our list, and we'll go ahead and go through some of our backups just to kind of fill in a little space. <laughs> Thank you for the uh, 30 seconds of patience that it took to listen to our sponsor. And we're going to go ahead and move on with the second half of our list for Scream Queens. And we're going to bring back the pitch storm for a uh, quick session today. So, Miss B, moving on, what is your third pick? Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson, okay. Sarah motherfucking Paulson. You can't tell me that she's not a Scream Queen. That, That bitch deserves every fucking award. Like... Goddamn. Okay. Uh, do, do we have a film-based <laughs> justification literally for that? All of her, 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 literally her entire filmography? The fuck? Like, there's nothing that Sarah Paulson, like, disappoints me in. I mean, she's been in a, a lot, a lot of horror films. I'm just, uh, I was wondering yeah. if there was a specific one, something that you had that you that just comes to mind when you think of Sarah Paulson. Her entire fucking American Horror Story career, um, what was it, Ratchet? Ratchet, okay. Um, she's been in several, I mean, she was recently in uh, Bird Box as well. No, that was, um, this, this, this lady, fucking, uh, that, that, Sandra Bullock was in that movie, yes, but Sarah Paulson was also in that movie, she played Jessica. Was she? 
Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. No, <laughs> she died early in the film. Yeah, she she got killed off very early, but she was definitely in that movie. <laughs> she was like, yep. oh, uh, she played the mother in Run. Yep, yep. That was a really good movie too. Yeah, oh, it was. Uh, I enjoyed that movie. I th- we we actually did that one for the podcast, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Moving on to Miss Sarah for your third pick. To me, um, I have to pick Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Oh. Okay. Yes. She is in, like, all of the um, scary movie movies. Yep. And she, I think she dies in all of them, and yet she survives. I don't know how she's happens. always there. <laughs> she's always there. Uh, she's hilarious. She brings so much to each and every movie. All of her parts are so memorable in those movies, and um, I, I couldn't have this list without her. Okay. So. Well, that's actually that's a really good pick. I. Uh... I didn't think about her uh, miraculous resurrection in all of the the scary movies. The one that they don't explain at all. Just how does she live? I don't know. You're dead. You're here. You're dead. You're here. You're dead. You're here. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. I'm gonna I, my next pick. She was on my backup list because I, of course, uh, number three for me, Ali Lauder got taken away. Uh, <laughs> sorry. But this is one that I think uh, Nico is going to kick herself in the butt for not picking. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I, you know what? After last episode, after the last episode with Kate, I just felt like using her was would have been repetitive. Well, I'm not going we- with Kate as part of her scream queen routine because that technically she wasn't a scream queen. She was the, no, uh, she the badass in the flick. But she uh, she has been in Final Destination three. She yep. uh, was the one of the leading roles in Ten Cl- Cloverfield Lane. Uh, of course, yep. there's her role in Death Proof, which we also reviewed, uh, Black Christmas, and the uh, reboot of The Thing. So she has a pretty large screen queen repertoire, and I, I really yeah, felt she like... does. I'm actually kind of a little pissed at myself that I used her as a backup instead of one of my primaries. Uh, I think that was lingering in the back of my head, too. It's like we we uh, we were we had just watched the... Uh, you know what? You're bringing us out of order, Miss B. You just brought us out of order. I'm going to kick you in the butt. What, it, what re- the fuck did I do? We're releasing this podcast before we put the uh, Kate episode out. <laughs> so, just for future oh. reference, <laughs> we did watch and review Kate, and it should come out about a week after the release of this podcast, which is coming out on Halloween. <laughs> so, <laughs> you took me out of order. Damn it. Uh Okay, so moving on, Miss B, your next uh, and fourth installment. Lulu Wilson. Uh, I know she's still, like, a kid, but that whole fucking Becky film, oh, God, it was so good. That shit fucking broke my heart. Not just Becky, either. There's She's been in a couple of films that she could technically be referred to as a scream queen. So... Um, I'm trying to bring them up right now because I didn't have them off the top of my head. But uh, Lulu Wilson has been has been in Becky, Ouija, Annabelle, Creation, Uh, fucking Haunting of Hill House. I didn't uh, even realize that. uh, Deliver Us from Evil, Sharp Objects. She's been in a lot of horror films. So she's. uh, I mean, mind you, she's been a little kid. I I still can't watch Hill House without like sobbing. Well, I mean, I, that's probably the intent, anyway, wasn't it? <sighs> it, it? It was meant the ending. To. The, the 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 like ending of Hill House was garbage, but the rest of it was really good. <laughs> well, the whole thing was meant to create some sort of visceral reaction all over, so several different types. So, I, I fuck can, you. Fuck random. Mute yourself. We're gonna move on to Miss uh, Miss Sarah for the next. Uh, Sorry, Fredo's talking shit. Yeah, Fredo's always talking shit. But, oh, there you go, Sarah. This is our frequent interrupter. This is Miss B's <laughs> boyfriend. And the reason I invited Miss B over to record here today for the reboot it's is because shit. every episode that Miss B records at home, he interrupts. 
Every single yeah. one. So, <laughs> he has managed to interject himself, yet refuses to become part of the podcast at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Miss Sarah, uh, your, your next and final right. choice. <laughs> so, I'm surprised nobody else talked about this, but... Now, I looked up, because I'm weird, I looked up what the definition of a screen queen is. So, okay. I feel like this fits. So it says a scream queen is an actress who is prominently or influentially in horror films. This happens through either an appearance or a notable entry in the genre or recurring role. So I picked Shawnee Smith, who is in Saw. Oh. Because in the first one, she's a victim, but then she comes back and she's a killer in the other ones and is helping him. So... I feel like she was a perfect one for this. So she moved from Scream Queen to actual killer in the uh, Saw yeah. series. Yes, okay, that's actually a good <laughs> pick. Uh, and I am moving on to my, I guess, my last one. I like Shawnee Smith, too. She's got a really intense quality about her acting, so I think she was really... Yeah. I, I'm kind and of... And she's so good in that first movie. Yeah. I think she's... just kind of queen. I think she, I feel about her like I feel about Drew Barrymore's interaction with the uh, original Scream film. Mm. Like, I feel like without that initial powerful performance that the rest of the movie kind of would have fell flat a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Shawnee Smith, I think, is a very good pick there. Uh, my last pick is obvious to Miss B. She would know who I'm talking about because we have watched a couple of her films for this podcast, and I talk about her films on a continual basis to the point that I think Miss B occasionally wants to tell me to just shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> and this is uh, Kelly Maroney. Uh, yep. Most recently, we reviewed her in uh, Zero Boys and in Chopping Mall. Um, <laughs> almost every film that she's in... She plays. She starts out by playing sort of the scream queen victim, and unlike a lot of '80s scream queens, she ends up being sort of the badass final girl, and a lot of them, like. So, yeah, she she she's almost always the the final girl in the films that she's in, uh, including uh, Zero Boys and Servants of the Twilight. So, uh. I think, what did I have here? Chopping Mall, Night of the Commons, Zero Boys, serving, uh, Servants of the Twilight. There's a, another list of her other stuff, but it was all bit cameo appearances. This is where she played main roles. Uh, all right. So we're going to go back around one more time. What did you have for backups, Miss B? Just quickly. Uh, I didn't get any. You didn't get any backups. You were just hoping I, nobody I didn't get yours. any. I was just hoping we were going to be good. <laughs> You're like you got. That's why you had the laptop in front of you. Let's be honest. You knew you had to have backups. Yep. You didn't have any. You're like, I will just pull something out of my ass. I don't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Well, Sarah, what were your backups? Well, I had a few. Um, I had uh, Anna Ferris. Okay. The same reason, Word. but she was also in the movie Lovers Lane, which I don't know if you guys have seen. But I love that movie, actually. Um, it's like a horror film. Uh, I can't uh, say that I've seen Valentine's that, Day. It's actually really good. Um, I, I liked her. I also had Courtney Cox, you know, from Scream. Yep. I had um, Hayden Panettiere, because she was in the Scream movie, but she was also um, uh, in a few other movies. And then I had uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Okay, okay. I didn't have uh, any of those, actually. My, my last three, I only had uh, a total of four backups here. So I had four main, and I had four backup. You made me dig into my backups with that Ali Lauder pick. Took that right out from under me. Uh, You're welcome. Also pissed me off, because I, if I had mentioned her, like, first, <laughs> then we would have been the other way around. But that's okay. Uh my uh, backups were all sort of Scream Queen mainstays. Danielle Harris, uh, who played uh, in... She was in uh, Halloween 4 and 5. 
Uh, she's been in the Hatchet series. She's like the main uh, person in the Hatchet series. Um, she was in Urban Legend and Beneath the Darkness. Uh, Beneath the Darkness is also one of the few movies that our podcast is... Uh, we have occasionally have people that reach out to us through Twitter mm-hmm. that allow us to preview their movie before it's even released. Uh, oh, wow. So that was the one that we were able to actually go and do a review for it before it was even released. Uh, Beneath the Darkness, it's actually a really good movie. Um, if you get a chance to, to look it up, I, I recommend it. Um, and then, of course, I'll just quickly go through my other two here so we can get to the pitch storm. Uh, Linda Blair uh, of Exorcist fame. Exorcist 1 and 2. Uh, yep. She also had a couple of other films where she played uh, this, the uh, titular Scream Queen. Uh, we had um, Hell Knight, Witchery, and this obscure film called Grotesque. And then, of mm. course, last but not least, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Christy Swanson. Uh, <laughs> also starred in Deadly Friend, Flowers in the Attic, Swamp Shark, which I don't know what the fuck that mess is, but just from the name of it, I want to watch that garbage. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Highway to Hell, which uh, I did watch recently, and that was just a beautiful comedic horror mess. Definitely more comedic than horror, though. Definitely. All right. So that wraps up the squeam, squeam, I did it again, squeam, squeam, scream, queen portion of the podcast. No, I think I might be having a stroke. You, you want to hit the J real fast? Uh, I don't think that would help at all. <laughs> I think that I'm feeling pretty relaxed. That might be the problem, is that I'm tripping over my tongue because it is essentially <laughs> dead within my mouth. Uh, all right. So we have a pitch storm, which we had presented to everybody shortly before the beginning of the second half of the podcast here. Gave everybody a little bit of time to think about it. Our, we haven't done a pitch storm in a while. So our uh, character and premise here is a teenage vampire slayer that just wants a normal life, delves into forbidden magic, and pays a terrible price. Which seems like two halves of the Buffy the Vampire TV show. You're taking Willow and Buffy and just mashing them together into one person. Mm. Um, And, of course, the director's notes, which always throw a bit of a monkey wrench into the works for us, states, how can we turn this into the next Godzilla reboot? So So I guess, like, that it kind of answers its own question. She gets into dark magic and then she turns a lizard into Godzilla. Ooh. Oh. Oh. And I say she because I already have a character picked out. Well, it's a vampire slayer, so most people, right off the top of their heads, think female character. I want Sophia Lillis. Sophia Lillis. The, the, the girl from It. Oh, the, the redhead? Yeah. Oh, okay. She's also in a, I am not okay with this. Like, she's just, she plays great characters. Okay. I want her to be, like, super close with her, like, unmarried, fucking never had kids aunt that's, like, super fucking, like, I don't know, she, she, she's, like, manic all the fucking time. I want her to be, like, psychotic, so I want her played by Kristen Shaw as her, like, co- character from Louise, uh, from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> what? Okay. Yes. 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 I, I, I don't even know how to deal with what you just said. I really don't. <laughs> okay, so essentially what you're doing is you're, you're, uh, you have Sophia Lillis. You want her to be yep. the vampire slayer, the, the lead character yep. in our show, uh, or this uh, reboot of Godzilla, and you want her to be the niece of, who is this again? Kristen Schaal. Kristen Schaal. You know you're making me look up things, right? S-C-H-A-A-L. Oh, oh, okay. She plays okay. Louise on Bob's Burgers. My, well, yeah, good. She plays Louise in Bob's Burgers, but you're doing one, one, one disservice. And you're not giving me a face. You're giving me a cartoon to think of. <laughs> I, I see her now. I know who she is. She's also like the lead actress in like uh, Last Man on Earth. She looks like she could be a weird aunt to Sophia Lewis. Right, okay. So we're, we're taking a comedic 
comedic sci-fi. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So I I feel like this should be. We got she's a vampire slayer. Okay, so if we're, we're thinking we're taking sort of a cue from Buffy, I want to say that uh, she has like sort of a a weird kind of superhero aspect to her life. She takes to the streets at night. Maybe she's been studying up on the dark arts or whatever, and she primarily slays vampires using the dark arts. Whatever it is that she... I, I don't know where she's going to get it from, because, mind you, I didn't think that... Well, part. okay, so she's a teenage vampire slayer, so she's obviously, like, in the family business. Fucking her parents are vampire slayers. I want to say... Who are her parents played by? Who do we want her parents to be? I want to say that her parents weren't fam- vampire slayers. I want to say that they were the people that passed down the dark arts to her. She's decided to use it for something that the family normally wouldn't use it for. Uh, her being her being a witch, primarily, I would say that, unlike most human beings who, who do not actually see things that are happening underneath the surface, you know, witches, you have vampires, werewolves, so on and so forth, an entire subgenre of people that don't normally show themselves in the daylight. She can see these things in people, no matter how hard they try to keep it hidden. Okay. Um, She has decided, because her parents, who were deeply steeped in the dark arts, were killed by vampires. Okay. Or so she thinks. She thinks they were killed. They were turned. M. Night Shyamalan twist! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if you you can, you're more than welcome to jump in at any time. We just go back and forth like this, Sarah. <laughs> well, I I went a completely different way. Okay. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> do you guys know who uh, Bianca Lawson is? Hold up. I think I do. Yes, I think I do. Uh, she has played a teenager for three decades. Three decades. Yes. Yes. Okay. I know Bianca Lawson. So. I thought that she could be the teenage vampire slayer, and um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And um, I then thought that the voice of the um, Godzilla could be Seth Rogen because I just felt like yeah. that's who should be the voice. <laughs> okay. So I got I got this weird. I and I'm I'm, I'm going to actually go with both ideas that you just brought up. Keep Bianca, yes. But I think that she should be an actual vampire slayer, whereas uh, the young lady that you were talking about... Sophia uh, Lillis. Sophia Lillis should be sort of like a fledgling. She's just starting to go after them, and she fucks up royally. And Bianca's the one that ends up saving her and kind of teaching her how to do things properly. We're keeping Kristen Schell as the weird aunt. Has anybody seen a movie... Uh, oh, God, I'm trying to remember this horrible film now. There's this little horrible 80s film. I'm not even going to look up the name right now because I just want to keep moving. Where this kid basically stumbles across all of these miniature versions of what would be uh, prehistoric dinosaurs. Uh, basically, they're like you know, little T-Rex, little Petrodactyl, little Stegosaurus, like little guys. Did you just fucking say Petrodactyl? Pterodactyl. <laughs> you fucking heathen. I should... Oh, my God. Shun the... Shun the mispronouncer. Okay. You want me to go... I think I've heard of that movie. I can't think of what it's called, though. I think it's called, like, Prehysteria or something like that. It's a, it's uh, a weird we're film. We're talking about different movies. Um, Pterodactyl. But here's, here's my, my thought is that Somehow, she's not even really all that great with the dark arts, and she's she's watching some really bad flick, like a, an old like monster movie, like you know, Godzilla type film, and accidentally manages to bring these on screen creatures into real life. Ooh. So like maybe she's watching like a gods the Godzilla versus the monsters one, the one that has all sorts of different creatures, and she accidentally brings <laughs> like. King Kong, Mothra, all sorts of different creatures from that film into real life, except for they are brought way down in scale. 
So you have a Godzilla-like creature that's not much bigger, maybe, than your average basketball player. <laughs> you know, oh. six, maybe seven feet tall. No, seven, maybe eight feet tall. You know? Still pretty terrifying. Still pretty terrifying. (laughs) Uncontrolled and running around the streets. (laughs) It's a baby Godzilla. I dig it. The main story is her trying to avenge the death of her parents, or what she thought was the death of her parents. But there's also a subplot about them having to control chaos created by, by basically her fear of an old... I, I don't know how how why would she would be scared about Godzilla? Maybe she has this like really deep seated fear of lizards. <laughs> Just maybe she's been around for so damn long, you know. She... <laughs> she has memories of when the lizards weren't so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, is she a vampire herself? What I'm confused. Well, you maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, she's a witch. Like, good chance, like, she has an extended life span than normal humans on top of, like, using magic to keep herself fucking alive and young and fucking pretty. She played a teenager in the early 90s and still played a teenager up, like, five years ago. So, yeah, right? Like, (laughs) she hasn't changed much. No, at all. Maybe she's a. The same. She's a vampire she slayer looks that uh, younger now than she did then, which is weird. <laughs> so essentially, Bianca is playing a, a vampire slayer that is possibly also a vampire, killing off other vampires because she detests her own race. Well, I've seen it on Vampire Diaries, which she was on, so yeah, it could enti- happen. It's entirely possible. It I mean, happen. they did it in Buffy too. You know, you had vampires that attacked other vampires. It happened. Yeah. Angels, spikes, so on and so forth. Let's just roll down the list there. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that's entirely possible. And then they're trying to clean up... Uh, they're trying to clean up this other girl's mess altogether. Sophia Lillis just kind of brought all of these creatures into being that just do not belong. These are not... Yep. You, you can't even hide them. They're not werewolves, vampires. They don't hide under human skin. Uh, okay. So, I think that the, all of this is just working towards the fact that not only are her parents not dead, but they are actually sort of the heads of sort of an underworld grouping of uh, creatures that are trying to bring... The werewolves, the vampires, changelings, so forth, out from underground and into the light. Basically, so maybe, maybe they sent the uh, the Godzilla. Yes, she thought she did, but they sent it as like a test creature. Okay, to see what happens. Okay, so they're sending In it their af- world after her daughter, after their own daughter, mind you. Now, are they doing it with ill intent to kill their daughter, or are they doing it to say, see if she's worthy of being changed and work alongside them? Well, I mean, she's hunting other vampires, so they're pretty pissed at her, you know? Yeah. They're like, uh, she's not our blood, obviously. Okay. So we gotta kill her. She's got to go. So these... (laughs) Her parents all together are just they're they're going they're looking to take her out. I want to say that they try to give her the option of joining them, but she's just dead set against it. Like no, I'm, yeah. I mean, they they obviously are under some kind of spell that made them want to kill their own kid. You know. Well, that's a, that's a yes or no thing. I mean, if we go with the idea that vampires are essentially soulless creatures, like their soul has left their body, leaving them sort of vicious creatures that are, are solely focused, well, not solely focused, but are focused primarily on their continued longevity, drinking blood, hiding from the daylight. Basically, it's all self-preservation. They may have lost that ability to even determine the fact that, you know, yeah, our people are being killed, but this is our daughter. They may not have that compassion anymore. You know? They may just be seeing it, yeah, she's our daughter, but she's killing our kind, so she has to go. Period. You know? 
So they recognize her as their daughter, but they don't care. It's just like, no, it's, we, we have to do a thing and she's either going to kill us or we're going to kill her. That's how it has to be. And she doesn't feel that way. She wants to try to turn them back. And yeah. realizes a little too late that it's it's they're too far gone. The Godzilla backstory, though, I, I, I like the idea of having, like, Seth Rogen voice Godzilla. Because <laughs> Godzilla does not have a voice, but, like, being brought into this world and all of a sudden just talking like Seth Rogen. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, just because he did such a... Re- I'm going to kill you. <laughs> he did a really good job, uh... He played Paul, the alien. Yeah. That movie, he did such a good job doing that. It's just like, you know, I've got to kill you. I don't. I don't know if I want to kill you. You know, I, I kind of like it here. I feel really bad about <laughs> doing this, but do you mind just staying still for a minute so I can kill you? You know, just, <laughs> just he wants to kill her, but just doesn't want to put in the effort. He wants her to just stay still. He's a lazy Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that sounds exactly like what a broken <laughs> Godzilla would be. Yeah, I mean... I that's... mean, he played a hot dog. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't think of a better person to play a hot dog. Just... <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I actually really liked that movie, by the way. Sausage oh, yeah, Party? They, they had uh, plans for a sequel. <laughs> Really? They did have plans oh, for a sequel. Yes. I don't know that I, I've seen anything about it recently, though. Uh, Should be called uh, condiments not needed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Uh, so sausage Party 2, Thinking Outside the Bun. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, that there should definitely be more adult-centric animation they always Buns lean, out. They always lean <laughs> on the the Disney cartoons that have just sort of jokes that only adults would understand. Yep, right. Like the obvious one, if you've seen Toy Story, when Buzz first first meets Jessie and he's looking at her and watching her do her thing, and immediately his wings just go boing. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I might have to teach my kids a few things now, or, or, or just at least just have a talk. What, do you know what Buzz was doing there? No? Okay, good. I've got a few more years. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Alright. So let's tie the up The whole this scene film. with Chell and Tulio in El Dorado. Right? Let's tie up the yeah. end of this film. Anyway. Let's, how do we end the film? How do we end it? Hmm... We have the, the climactic scene. We, we, have, we have Bianca and Sophia... The two vampire slayers, one's a vampire slayer with a background in dark magic, and one actually may be a vampire. We haven't we haven't determined whether or not she is or she is not at this point. Uh, I want to say that there is a reveal during the climactic battle where the parents basically reveal that Bianca's uh, Bianca was actually the one that turned them. Ooh. Oh shit! So the whole reason. She's fighting against them, trying to kill them, because basically she turned them, and then they went rogue, basically creating their whole underworld empire, trying to basically create a grouping of of, of underworld creatures that want to make sure that they are the master race. Basically, they want to go out, and they want to make sure that vampires and werewolves and these other creatures are the ones running the world, not humans. A dig. Um, mm-hmm. And this is not her idea of what being a vampire is. She was perfectly fine being who she was. She had lasted for, I want to say, hundreds to thousands of years before this whole thing, this thing turned bad on her. So, I think I like that kind of reveal, if everybody's on board with that. I like the reveal. <laughs> I am. Uh, I want I want the aunt to have like known everything the entire time. I want the and aunt she's just to be crazy but casual about it, almost like the 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 grandpa from oh, yeah. Lost Boys. 
Like, she knows everything's going on, but it's just so normal for her. She just walks about like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've been living with this for I don't know how long. Yeah, I kind of knew your parents <laughs> went that way, too, but I ignored it. <laughs> yeah, it's not really my problem. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I'm thinking there's like a moral, a very big moral situation. Like, she's still fighting alongside of Bianca, but... Now she has to battle with the fact that Bianca was essentially the one that turned her parents into these creatures. People that she doesn't even recognize. People that would just as soon kill her as see her continue to do what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, So I think, like, in the back of her mind, there has to be sort of, I'm going to fight with you to stop my parents. But once this is done, it's me and you. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to say the yeah. real climactic battle is between Sophia and Bianca after they take out the parents. I dig it. Uh, you could even go so far as to make it a cheesy movie sequel. Just oh, oh my god! I want I want Sophia and like, like both Sophia and her aunt to be fighting fucking Bianca because her aunt sees this shit and she's like, nope, not my baby. <laughs> I, I I want to say like what what, what happens is. Just at the last moment, right, we, we cut away. Like, they literally do a whole montage through the credits at the end, setting up a sequel for the movie, which is basically Bianca versus Sophia. You know, treat it like a friend. Like, it could, yeah. could kind of be a franchise. But uh, I, I only wanted to go two, two movies deep. I don't want to, you know, let's not, let's like not it. Pu- push it. <laughs> I like it. You know, well, let's just say that I'm shocked that it would be getting a sequel. Like, right? You know. Right. <laughs> we'll be back, right? I, I mean, this this is a I mean a trashy movie from beginning to end, just based oh. off of. <laughs> okay, what if plot twist? What if it's a grindhouse sort of? Movie? Oh my god! Yes. So, kind of give it like a like. a Kill Bill Part One and Two kind of th- feel to it. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's supposed to look terrible and be terrible, but it's actually secretly great. Yes, I like I that. Love so it. Treat, it, treat it like a high, low-budget grindhouse flick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We treated it with such care to make it look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> we spent I, a lot of money to make it look this terrible. Right? Like, oh, you, there's a lot of movies that do that, too. You have, like, From Dusk Till Dawn, you have Machete. Yep. You know, Death Proof and Planet Terror. I would lean more on the Planet Terror side of it. Yeah, yeah. Because you gotta, you gotta make it dark, gritty. You don't want a whole lot of daylight stuff because these are underground creatures. I want, I want of... Planet Terror mixed with This Is the End. Oh yes, yes, I like that. Because you want to yeah. have it. You don't want it to be completely serious all the way through. You want to have like a, a nice comedic underlay to the whole thing. A lot of humor. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Seth Rogen is in it for exactly <laughs> just the uh, CGI that you're going to have to use to make him a seven foot tall Godzilla. <laughs> this is a Godzilla that hard. never had a voice before, so now that he can speak, he won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> he just will not shut up. Like characters are continuously walking off screen and away from him. Like, oh God, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> is this scene over yet? Uh, when will you be? We have to voice like the other creatures that end up in the world too, because obviously they're gonna. No, have no, no, no! It's just Seth Rogen. Just Seth Rogen. Nobody else gets a voice. It's just Seth. Ro- it's it's just Godzilla's creature that gets to talk. All the other ones, like they communicate telepathically or some shit, and Seth Rogen can understand them. He's having whole ass conversations with him with them in English, but like they're just. <laughs> I want to say the first time Seth Rogen's Godzilla gets to talk, he clears his throat with a puff of smoke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just a, a, a heavy cough and a puff of smoke comes out of his mouth and then he starts to talk, you know? <laughs> it, was, it, it was weed smoke, right? <laughs> yes. Like, Sophia's just standing there. That smells like pot. <laughs> what is that? Is that weed? Have you been smoking? No, that's just what I do. <laughs> 
There's just so much of it in there. It's going to come out on occasion. I'm sorry. <laughs> Godzilla's gas smells like weed. That's just... Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, I think you forgot to tell everybody that uh, when they go see this movie, they're all given a blunt to smoke while their movie yes. is going. It's like this weird, like you know, movie within a movie kind of feel to it. Oh my and, god. Oh my yeah. god. We need to we I call the patent on blunt theaters. This would have to be a drive through <laughs> a drive in theater though. It's an outdoor drive in theater because you can't smoke indoors anymore. It's illegal like everywhere. So that you, you this is a show this is something that only shows at drive in theaters. <laughs> well okay, hookah shops still exist. I know the hookah bars shop still, are still a thing, so just make it a blunt bar. You can't, you can't smoke in a theater. <laughs> it, it's, it's, you can't. There's not a movie theater outside of a drive that you can go to. I will smoke. find a fucking way. You gonna? F- <laughs> I will find a well, fucking way. Miss like B you is say going you to. You can't. You, you, you can. It's just not legal. Miss Miss B is going to go around the country. I'll find a legal a way. We live. We live in a legalized state. Recreational use is allowed. We go to dispensaries and shit. Chris has a dispensary down the street from his house. He's got two down the street from his house. Within walking like in, distance. Yeah, right? So you're like going to market an entire franchise of, like, hot box theaters. <laughs> yes! Oh, my God! Pop box. Pop box. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm picturing... Pop box. I'm picturing, like... Little plexiglass boxes around. If I, the if I see any fucking the blunt theaters in. coming out anytime soon, I'm gonna be like, "You bitches fucking stole that idea from me. I had it first. Hot box theaters <laughs> presents. It's so catchy. Yes, yes, hot box theaters. Yeah, I mean, it, it does have a real catch to it. I like that. <laughs> I still like the idea of doing it as a, as a drive-in, though. I really do. I think there should be more drive-ins. I shouldn't have to drive an hour and a half to go to see a drive-in movie. Yeah, right. I like those outdoor Let me theaters. ask you a question. Uh, this is off the movie topic, but at your drive-ins, are you allowed to bring your own stuff? Yes. Or yes. Do you, see, uh, in Texas, like, I grew up in Nebraska. We were allowed to bring our own stuff at the one in Iowa that we would go to. But here in Texas, they're like, no, you have to buy stuff at the concession. Yep, you can bring oh, your own stuff. Yes. Do they, uh, like, search your car? I don't know. I wondered that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> they're not allowed to do it. I'll just, I'll store all my snacks in the fucking glove box. Like, fuck you. Put your stuff. Yeah, I don't know if this is, like, a new thing because of COVID, that they're, you know, losing money. And so, I don't know. But Nobody like, wants to go PS. to their stand at all. It's like, I'm not going to the stand. Forget it. Uh. Yeah, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> All right, well, now that we've gone ahead and tied up the uh, the pitch storm, we're going to go ahead and uh, get ready to go for the evening. Thank you for your time and your patience with us here tonight. Sorry, Miss Peyton, that we missed you for the Scream Queens episode. We'll try to catch you on the uh, the next big episode. And, uh, yeah. Much like the... Uh, Podcast Two Chicks Talking Flicks. You can also find us pretty much wherever podcasts are available. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Spotify. Uh, we're we're on uh, Tumblr for whatever reason. For anybody that actually uses that still, uh, I've Reddit, I Pinterest, used Tumblr since like two thousand nine. We're trying to be everywhere, and we're trying to get a Patreon up and running to to go ahead and provide everybody some extra content as well. Please. Go ahead and like, subscribe, follow both us and the folks at Two Chicks Talking Flicks. They are a fantastic Yay. podcast. I enjoy them thoroughly. I've listened to literally every episode they've put out so far. They are like a work week Aww. episode for me. Every week I put up episodes of your podcast so that I can listen to it while I'm working. Thank <laughs> you. So I'm some of your listens. I am. Hey! <laughs> Check that out. And... Uh, <laughs> As Miss B always says to end our podcast, drink some fucking water, you thirsty bitches. How did? Are we just? Are we worried that people aren't hydrating enough while listening to us? Is that how that ended yes. up? Yes. Is that why we're doing yes. this? Nobody drinks enough water these days. Are we picturing people just dragging themselves across the floor of the Sahara Desert, just like no water, listening to the podcast? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>